0: We have an amazing history. It's going to make you feel a part of what's going on. You'll understand a little bit more about yourself and how we're going to walk together as we walk with Jesus.
1: Welcome to the Antioch New England Podcast. I'm Nikki Benoit, and I'm joined by Mark Buckner, Antioch New England Overseer and Antioch Brighton Lead Pastor. On this podcast, we're bringing you into conversation that will give you more context of flavor of who we are and where we're going. We're so glad you're with us. Okay, well, good morning, Mark. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Good I'm to doing be well. back with you. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Nikki.
1: I know. And so we are on our last relational value. We've been mm. going through Antioch New England's relational values, and today we're talking about radical compassion. Uh, Mark, will you tell us a little bit about what is radical compassion?
0: Yes. Um. Unfortunately, I think it really does need a lot of definition Yeah. because as we've seen in our culture over the last couple of years, we're not all saying the same thing, even when we say the same words, and there's a, a polarization in, in understanding what, what is compassion, and we use the word radical because we're not just talking about this soft, kind of nice, pat on the head compassion. We're talking about something that's costly, mm. something that is vulnerable, that, that, uh, that really challenges us, and, and we see this in the life of Jesus it's after he came out of the desert, he'd been tested, and he goes into a synagogue and opens up the scrolls, and he makes this statement. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, out of Luke chapter 4. Because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Yeah. So, I in certain circles, we, we see this concept of jubilee and its prosperity and success, and we're set free from debt. But what Jesus was talking about here is the poor, the prisoners, the blind, and the oppressed. And this is... This is not the attractive, high-level tithers. (laughs) This is people that uh, sometimes we have very little hope for, their lives changing. But that's right where Jesus was. He was right in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. So as we talk about radical compassion, we've talked about passionate worship, humble service, authentic relationships, honoring collaboration, courageous generosity, now, this is, this is a very relevant topic that is an expression of the heart of Jesus where we see engaging brokenness mm-hmm. and looking at humanity through a lens of love and responding with compassion. He loved everyone as they needed to be loved. And we want to be like this. We we really want this to be flowing. I want this to be flowing in my life. Yes. And I feel like I've been in multiple places. You know, I, I can tell a story of different things and ways I've lived in the past. But uh, uh, some of those stories are too old now. <laughs> I need some new stories. So... We have invited Pierce Van Dunk to join us today. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And a little bit about Pierce. He grew up in upstate New York, actually just uh, not too far, a couple of hours out of New York City. And he went to Nyack College. We were talking about that. A.B. Mm-hmm.
2: Simpson. A.B. Simpson.
0: Just uh, amazing missiological missions history mm-hmm. of the, the CMA uh, Christian Missionary Alliance movement came to Boston and got a master's in divinity. Now he is a chaplain at the Middlesex House of Correction in Bill That I've I been am. out there with him.
2: Yes, he has Br- brought a powerful word to uh, some guys in one of the units.
0: That was beautiful. Beautiful. There's a there's fellowship yeah. among uh, you know, people that are. There's no way around it. They've they've got some brokenness mm-hmm. in their lives. But there's honesty, it's a beautiful thing. The gospel's being expressed there. Amen. Um just again say uh, a couple more things about Pierce. So his wife Tulia is a lawyer. Uh has a uh was born in Honduras. She was born in Honduras. So Beautiful lady. They have son PJ and a daughter Malia. Little Malia. Li- Malia, Malia. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, um, uh oh. And their uh, their family are is living this out. So, um, what we want to do is open up this conversation and uh, so tell us a little bit about where your heart is specifically related to this radical compassion where, mm-hmm. where personalize this just a moment mm-hmm.
2: I have to say on the front end that uh, as, as somebody who works for the Middlesex Sheriff's office I gotta put it on record that in, in this podcast I'm not speaking for or on behalf of the sheriff's office itself but uh, in in my role and capacity as a Christian minister within that context. So anything I say is of my own uh, thoughts and opinions and and not connected directly to the sheriff's office itself. But to answer your question, radical compassion, I love the way that that is worded, because that word radical, as as you were saying, it's not, it's outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. Radical itself means something that is not the normal procedure, not the typical way of doing things. It is not disconnected, but, but a different mode of operation. And I believe that the theological grounding for God's compassion and how that is his, that part of his character is revealed in and through us as his people ought to be radical. Because mm-hmm. if it looks like the way that the world expresses quote-unquote compassion... Uh, If it looks like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If it looks like uh, quid pro quo, if it looks like uh, trying to get something out of somebody by the way that you care for them and love them, then that is not God's compassion. It's not unconditional. It's not miraculous. And the type of compassion that we're called to love people with is and ought to be radical is and ought to be miraculous. And the way that that, works out in my own life, I'd say. I try and view the acts of compassion that we're called to as people of faith in terms of an act of worship. When I'm in the prison, caring for those who society has marginalized, who have a red, a scarlet letter on them because of their criminal record or because of their history of addiction and who are looked at as less than by many people in society to see them as a human being with with needs and desires and goals and purposes from God to hear their story and care about them as an individual I I see that as my own worship for God and uh, when we're in the in the city of Lowell trying to love and care for the people who are there, the city of Lowell, Massachusetts, where I live, trying to love and care for the people there. That is to me, and I believe scripturally, an act of worship. One of the scriptures listed under the value of radical compassion was was James one, twenty six and twenty seven. True and and worship that God sees as as true and, and valuable. Religion that he sees as true and valuable is to care for widows and orphans and to keep oneself unstained mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the world so our our faith our worship our service of God looks like yes singing songs yes reading the bible yes studying it yes talking about it and living it living god's heart through the way that we love and care for those who are experiencing brokenness those especially as you mentioned from jesus's proclamation of his basically his mission statement um to proclaim liberty to the captives to to bless and care for the oppressed those whom the sinful individuals and systems within this world have pushed out and pushed down creating spaces where people can feel loved renewed cared for uh, in both emotional and physical and spiritual ways
0: Mm -hmm. well uh, you know, it's no one's going to debate what you just said. Mm-hmm. You quoted Bible verses. Uh-huh. You kind of uh, hit these core issues of the character of God. But we do have a debate going on mm-hmm. in our culture right now. And I, I do want to reference that. We're not going there. Mm-hmm. This is This conversation is not... All about the topic of justice, but it includes that. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that, but it includes that. And uh, so, if a listener is waiting for us to drop a bomb, where uh, you know we definitely address that. And in fact, you're teaching a class right now. Maybe that'll be available at another time. But uh, you're taking eight weeks to to do what subject?
2: The title of the course is "Biblical Justice: Creating Oases of Equity in an Unjust World." Just digging into what the Bible has to say about the present topics that we're discussing in in on in so many forums in so many ways regarding justice issues such as race, class, gender, um, economic status, and and such. Mm-hmm. We dig, take a deep dive into how the Bible is a resource for us understanding what's going on today and acting on it.
0: Yeah. So we're not doing that today. No. Mm -hmm. Take take the class. I'll offer it again eventually. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a
1: student. I can attest. There's a syllabus. It's legit. It's offered. Take it. So
0: as we talk about these values, every one of them are massive. Mm -hmm. We spent actually years trying to distill down to something that we could say simple enough that we could focus on. So uh can you help us? So so I'm talking to a black man right now, my brother, who has had a different experience in life than I have. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings strength. That brings balance. That brings a completeness. But what does radical compassion look like to you? Can you tell us a story, mm-hmm. something in your life where you got a, a hold of this and it became significant to you?
2: I've got a bunch, but... <laughs> I the one that the the few that come to mind most readily have to do with my work in the prison and watching a some multiple people in our faith community in in Antioch New England step up and love and care for those who have been released from incarceration it is here's something that can be debated about Um, it is a common thread in the so much of the christian faith where we are just singing we are just preaching we are just um talking about faith and if you having have, an event having an event if you in the context of prison ministry if you come into the prison if you sing some songs clap your hands and give a give a good word and then you say love you bye you've you've done your due diligence as a christian you've you've tried, tried your best to set the captives free. But when someone is, let's say, released from prison and that person needs community, needs love, needs somewhere to worship, needs people to care for them and and meet their practical needs in their their time of distress when they've been away for months or years and and don't have their feet under them, then it becomes a question of, oh, you know, what's my responsibility now at this point? And you know do do we like the word says not to do do we just give them uh you know God bless you brother and and hope you do great uh or do we take the time to love them in practical ways try and meet their needs whether it be financially helping them find work helping them find housing I've seen multiple people in our faith community step up and and love people practically I'll tell one story uh I've got a few. Uh, in the Canon, but the one that was most, one of the ones that was most beautiful to me, there was somebody who came to faith in the, the house of correction where I worked, And it was, that's a miraculous story that if, if um, I would have to get his permission to share, but it was just beautiful. And, and I watched it happen. I was, I was part of leading him to the Lord, which was just incredible to watch. And his family bought him this really nice Bible footnotes uh references concordance leather bound it was was beautiful it was beautiful (laughs) right it's not about the actual binding of the book it's about the content but he was having fun with i got this nice black leather bound bible and it was it was his prized possession he he was pre-trial um I won't go too deep with that. In my facility, there are people who have not yet been sentenced and people who have been sentenced. He got sentenced, but he got sentenced to a different facility, long story short, and spent some time in that facility, got moved around. His things got shuffled around. He lost that really nice, beautiful Bible that was to him a sign of God's love for him. That was a sign of my love and care for him because it reminded him of the time that he spent with me, the, the over a year that he spent with me and he got out we he and i connected spent a lot of time together and I, I was helping some of his practical needs be met through others and he told me he had lost this bible he he didn't have he was just barely making ends meet at this point so i said don't worry about it we'll we'll figure it out so i reached out to a number of people from our our movement here in antioch new england and multiple ones of our congregations and I was like, wouldn't it be really cool if we could meet his need in this way? We, we've already helped him a little bit with with housing, with um, trying to find work, and and he's on track with with a lot of these things. Wouldn't it be cool if we met his need for an actual physical Bible? Hmm. But let's not do it in the like. I could I could foot the the fifty dollars for the Bible that he had, but wouldn't it be cool if all of us joined in to Make it a, a community affair and and have radical compassion on him by providing him this Bible together. Let's I, f- I forget what the maybe it was a dollar maybe it was two dollars I can't remember what it was. This was a few years ago. But what if we let's see how many of us want to give X for this Bible? The number of people who wanted to give that amount of money was exactly the number of the number of people who responded to that email within that same day. Mm-hmm. Now in in our today's day and age emails don't get answered that same day right (laughs) it's rare that you get all the responses you need quickly but in that day when i sent that email out exactly the number of people that we needed in that denomination that i named responded and said yes i i would love to give that we gave everybody got the money to me bought that bible gave that to him and to this day he has the now he's working multiple jobs now he has housing now he his, he's sober, his feet are under him mm. and just watching God move in that miraculous way through our desire to have compassion on him was beautiful for me
0: I love that story yeah. you know and and uh, it's a different twist that you did. you kind of brought it back to the the spiritual answer mm-hmm. with him getting the Bible. Yeah. But that was just icing on the cake. Right. Instead of the cake,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: the cake was the the real substantial love. And but but there was a, an emotional kicker. Yeah, in bringing back a, a special uh, Bible. Yeah,
2: I, sh- I should also mention in that same story with that same individual, it was multiple people who had a desire to give anonymous gifts that took him out of a. Homeless shelter, out of a tent to spend some time in uh, a hotel, uh, rather than sleeping in a tent at night, and mm. getting him the the peace and stability long enough to
0: find work, find uh, housing, and yeah. and get on his feet. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the opposite direction. Okay,
2: mm-hmm.
0: How have you seen this done wrong?
2: Mm. I have seen this done wrong when. To go back briefly to the discussion specifically geared to justice, I've I've seen this done wrong with our practice of faith getting mixed up and intertwined with American imperialism. I have seen our
0: our big C church. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry. Define that. Uh Um, That... Imperialism. What? Yeah, uh, sorry, imperial- break it. Those American are big <laughs> words.
2: America. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still in my college politics. classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, where America, the United States of America, becomes the savior rather than Jesus being the savior. Yeah. Ooh. Where our practice of missions or faith or even loving or, or caring for the poor, especially. Um, when we talk about the biblical value of loving the, the foreigner and the immigrant, when that gets mixed up with, you know, we as middle class, if, if the we is middle and upper class Americans loving and caring for all those bro- broken people out there without realizing that all of us are broken and desperately in need of God's saving grace uh, and separating our practice of faith with, from our uh Our identity as the 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 good and stable people, Uh, but recognizing that people who come from a different cultural background than us might be doing faith or might be doing radical compassion Mm -hmm. better than us, and being willing to learn and receive from everybody, uh, from anybody who is bringing that that word and that grace from God.
0: Mm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, and it's. I, I lived in another culture with my family for 10 years and there's things as an outsider, things as a minority that I was able to observe that the people living there couldn't see because that was the water they were breathing, living mm-hmm. in, you know. Fish breathe the water, I guess, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, got too many conflicting illustrations there. But, um, so... I know this is can be uh emotional and that's kind of when I'm saying how you seen this done wrong. So may have to change the names to protect the innocent. But I, <laughs> I wonder if if there's a story mm-hmm. like that just wow, that was hard for you to to be around.
2: Yeah.
0: That you had to deal with. Yeah. And I'm 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 saying this because I, I think the people that are listening to this, the people and this is about discipleship, yeah, this is about us learning how to walk with the Lord, so this may be could be a little hard to hear, yeah, but we're we're trying to get a grip on this a little bit more, so how is this done wrong? You mm-hmm. talked about the the larger concept here, you know, but give me a story that was maybe hard,
2: yeah what comes to mind most readily is a uh, situation that i was involved in in a in a ministry where we were trying to respond to an individual who had come out of incarceration he had a a charge of sexual uh, a sexual crime was was on the the registered offender list and a lot of detail i can't share about that situation but to respond to his spiritual needs and his need for community with the with the best of intentions there were a lot of things that we did and precautions that we took for for safety reasons where it it ended up being more and I don't think this was anybody's intention. I don't think anybody uh, intended to to respond like over respond to his situation, but the effect was that he felt like not at home in our our uh, our community, and while wise to ensure safety and and security i'm i I work in a prison i'm I'm always thinking about all right how how do we make this situation safe secure and and running well but the love and compassion for his situation i think got diminished and watered down by how structure and you you guys know me, those listening might not, I'm a, I'm a super, you know, structure organization. Let's, let's, you know, make, let's write things down and and make schedules. Enneagram five. Enneagram five. And the Enneagram (laughs) researcher. (laughs) But the, the way that we responded to his situation, the compassion took a backseat to the precaution. And the task, the difficult task, the confusing task in that situation was to balance the precaution because that's, that's not unimportant. To balance that with radical compassion, being willing to go outside of the, the norm and, and to go the extra mile to ensure that he feels loved and like he has community.
0: So in your context, you're, you're dealing with a governmental institution. Yeah. There are a lot of laws and rules. Yes. But as I'm listening to you, I would have kind of apply that in in a way where we are caring for people, but our own self protection is what dominates mm-hmm. our thinking. Yeah. Our own, like, uh, uh, like I'm, I've got a. Put on all my sterilized gloves. I've got to put on my hazmat suit yeah, yeah. before I sit down next to you.
2: Before got to put a hazmat suit before I sit down next to the leper. Like G- Jesus is, is putting all his PPE on before he sits yeah. next to the man. Yeah, but he didn't. Suit, right, he
0: touched him. Yeah, and uh, he almost. So there was a very vulnerable spot there. Yeah, and wow, these are huge conversations. You know, people feel. Condemned. Mm. They feel accused when we start talking about this. So, have I done enough? Yeah. Do I need to do all the things that the person next to me yeah. is doing? Do I have to become a chaplain mm. in the prison system? Do I have to have that person in my home? Yeah. What would you say when someone starts coming at you and, and kind of with a, that fear?
2: Mm. Fo- follow the Spirit. Mm. Follow the Spirit. God's not calling every single person in the world to invite somebody with a, a history of, of sexual offense into their home with their kids. God, God, God's, not, God's not calling uh, every single person to become a, a chaplain. We're, we're the body of Christ and God's got different callings and different assignments for different ones of us in different times. Now, if, if you are never stretching yourself and showing compassion that is radical compassion that is outside of the norm that goes beyond the basic requirements of being a decent human being, if that's never part of your life, then begin to question, all right, where is the spirit leading me to show this radical compassion that I've been ignoring or I've been too busy worrying about my own comfort and security to see the opportunities? God's got something for you. Whoever it is listening to this, God's got something for you to do that is, is in that vein of radical compassion. It's part of our worship. It's part of our call as as believers. There are going to be opportunities for you to show that radical love and compassion. Could you
0: just spit out a couple of ideas?
2: Um, you could come volunteer with me in the prison, of course. Um, huh.
0: uh, Think about w- our, our congregations. Think about our communities. What are some things that you see people are doing that you think a radical compassion and mm-hmm. even I
1: think like different personas like yeah. the working mom the yeah. college student you know yep. like what could it look like and even one question we've been asking people sometimes so I'm gonna give you a little double whammy here yep. is I think someone listening to this we see it on paper we're like yes I'm yeah. for that you know like on paper cool yes I'm down like marked at the beginning but like When it's actually rubber meets the road, what's required to say yes to something? You say no to something. Mm. So ideas for different people and also like, what does it take?
2: Mm. If you're a working mom, let's say, or a working dad or or what have you, somebody in your workplace or your neighbor, somebody down the street. First of all, it requires authentic relationships to Mm. be willing to expose your own brokenness and then invite others in your circles to expose their own brokenness Ooh. let's let's say in your workplace in your neighborhood there's somebody who has a need who is in need of food is in need of clothing is in, in need of companionship but they don't have anywhere to express that need just get friendship it met. just friendship they don't have anywhere to express that need ha- get it met your your authentic relationship can open the door to a practical act of uh, com- radical compassion, inviting them into your home, forming mm. a relationship with them, uh, seeing if there's ways that you can meet their needs, seeing if God can surprise you and they meet yours. In the context of a, a college, a college kid with no uh, no bills, no uh, no house to pay for, no kids to worry about, maybe you have more time than somebody in a different phase of life to go find uh, an organization that's serving those who are addicted, serving those who are poor, serving those who are ha- whom society has pushed out and marginalized. You can use that extra time that you've got to dedicate significant hours of your week to to standing in the gap for people who are in need. Mm-hmm. And like I always say, you're you're going to get surprised in those situations mm-hmm. and your needs are going to be met. You're ins- mm-hmm. you're going to be inspired. You're going to be find yourself loved and cared for in those situations when you step out to meet somebody else's need. God's going to meet you there. Yeah, God's mm-hmm. going to meet. I your would needs. love
1: to see some college students shoveling elderly people's sidewalks. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or like a busy working mom go cut her grass. Just volunteering yeah. f- volunteering organization seems like a lot, love your neighbor. Yeah, it's my little mm-hmm. side tangent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's
2: right. They're right there next to you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're, we're not asking in these first steps for people to uh, make some historically strange backflip, yeah. you know, uh, break bones in order to reach out. I had a friend who uh, actually – a neighbor of mine who served people – uh, they were coming out of jail. He gave them jobs. And we were talking about this, and he said, you know, I, all over town, I'm looking, and, and there's um, people that are handing out a dollar to a beggar, and then every once in a while, someone will give them a meal. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, that the most radical thing that you could do is invite them to your table. mm mm-hmm. Just serve serve a meal, feed them right there, because what they need more than anything is not their physical need. There's an emotional need of just respecting them. Yeah. So that was super challenging for me to hear. Like that was radical yeah. compassion. Right. Now, what's at stake mm-hmm. if we don't live this out? Mm-hmm. How are we as individuals, how are we as as churches affected if we say, not going to go there.
2: Mm. We miss out. I, I've got a few answers that I'll try not to go into a tangent on each. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited about this. The first thing that comes to mind is you're, you're missing out on an opportunity to worship God. Your expression of faith as a disciple of Jesus is seriously watered down if you're ignoring a whole major component of what it means to follow christ if if jesus said uh, in the scripture from luke that you mentioned if, if that's his mission statement and we're meant to follow him model, model ourselves after him we're not being true christians in the fullest expression of what it means to be a christian right what else is at stake is your you are a roadblock in people knowing And walking with Jesus, if you're not living this out.
1: Whoa, talk about a little fear of the (laughs) Lord. I like it. Keep it coming, Pierce.
2: (laughs) You're, You're a roadblock in that we are called in all things to be part of God's revelation of his character. And if we are not revealing that part of God's character, we're in essence giving Christ a bad name. We're not revealing who he truly is. And we're missing out on opportunities to show the love and radical compassion of Jesus in a way that could lead people to knowing God who didn't know God before, who could lead people back to a relationship with God who had been falling away from it before. We're we're blocking the way for God's revelation. If we, the people who are called to reveal him, aren't revealing him in that way. I always think of the prophet Ezekiel. When God said, hey, if, if you reveal my message and they don't listen, that's on them. If I tell it to you and you don't reveal it, that's on you. Mm. Right, so if our call is to follow that and we don't, that's on us.
1: So good. I mean, there's so much here, Pierce. I'm like, we could unpack all. Like, there's like you said, the tangents on each thing. So much discussion. Um, we're gonna have to have Pierce back, Mark. I mean, this is this is really I, good stuff. Yeah, I
0: I I think certainly in the middle of everything on the race conversations a year ago, I said I, I didn't want a knee jerk response at that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. That was trying to protect our reputation. Like we're addressing this. We know what we're doing. Yeah. I I but I think it's. And it, and part of how we're responding is through the class you're teaching, but I think this context would be good. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Pierce. This, I know this is gonna be tricky, but if we've been doing this, saying two minutes, you have open mic, open air. If you could say anything to different people in our church, the new person, the leader. What would just be your your closing exhortation? Throw to it us. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is when Mark says, go off the rails. Go off the rails. <laughs> Do it, man. Go off the rails within two minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do it. Don't make excuses. Um, like Mark said, but the, the entry point is not doing backflips, the entry point is not um, go. End addiction in your city, go go change the governmental structures to, to do true justice. That's got you know we're, which we're, needs to be done. Which needs to be done. And if that's your position, if that's your calling, if God's doing something miraculous f- through you, don't stop. But if you're thinking about this for the first time, or if you've been thinking about this for a while and are wondering how to to act on it, don't feel like you got to do a, a double backflip. Go out and get to work. <laughs> like the be used by god o- open yourself up to god's leading look around you don't look uh, to another country in- unless that's god's calling for you don't look to another city look in your backyard there's somebody in need there's somebody who needs radical compassion and as a sub point to that uh, look individually look to those individuals and families who need radical compassion look structurally as well don't don't stop at um let me meet the needs of this individual person, although that needs to be done. But look to all right. How am I contributing to unjust or or uncompassionate systems, or how could I counterbalance those worldly systems for the love uh, and compassion of Jesus? How can this compassion be scalable?
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks Appreciate for me. you so much. Please. Apologize to Malia for how I pronounced her name. (laughs) I'm
2: I'm sure she won't listen to this yet. When she listens to it in 15 years, I'll I'll tell her you meant well.
0: Uh, This is excellent. Um, This makes me convicted and happy at the same time. So blessings on on you, brother. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's an honor to walk with you.
2: Amen. Honor to be here. Honor to walk with you guys. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you both. And thank you for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the a and Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you, and we encourage you to share it with someone else you think could benefit or may enjoy. Subscribing to this podcast will also keep you in the loop for future episodes as they're released. We hope you'll join us again soon.